The following is a sermon from Faith Troy, a church located in Troy, Michigan. For more information and more audio and video content, go to www.faithtroy.org. When I uh, grew up, I didn't have much of a faith background. I didn't go to church or read the Bible. Um, I just kind of went through my daily life. And instead of learning how to have a relationship with God, all I learned was how to rely on myself. My life before being at faith and really having faith was more about me. Me working hard, me trying hard, me being in control, me being the one who ran my world. I was always consumed with fear, with anxiety, with still trying to control things. Even though I knew there was a God and I knew there was Jesus and I was starting to learn and understand these things, but I just couldn't get rid of fear. And it became paralyzing to me after my son was born. And I experienced really bad um, postpartum depression. There was a night where I really struggled on the way to church about whether or not I should still be alive. And it was that night that I broke down crying. And these people, these guys who I'd known for a year maybe, put down their instruments and came over and gave me a hug. And they told me that I was loved, that they were my brothers and I was their sister. It changed me and it made me want to keep coming because I had that sense of family, I had that sense of belonging, but it was still so new to me. But, but it was a motivator that pushed me and after time, I did get help. I got the help I needed and now I'm happy to report that my life is better than I ever knew was possible. My husband has seen the change. My children have seen the change. My family has seen the change. People here have seen the change. And I really contribute a lot of it to those real moments where people just said, how are you? And gave me a hug and said, I love you. So powerful to hear that. Because when you're a person who doesn't hear that, those words have a lot of weight. To learn about a God who loves me, to learn about a God who loves me right where I'm at, and to learn it by people who show God's love, it, it's changed my life. And I am so happy to be here. And I know that God loves me, that God is a father to me, that Jesus loves me, that Jesus is a friend of mine. and. Knowing that gives me such joy and, and such encouragement and such motivation to, to tell everybody about it and to share that with people. And I know he has a plan. I know that there's a plan that, you know, we'll be able to do that and that our story will help somebody, help somebody else because somebody else helped me and that's kind of how it works. 
Now, last weekend as we began this series, we said that when Jesus came to earth, he actually came here to invite us all into a relationship with God that's completely unlike any other relationship that, that any of us will ever have before. And when Jesus came along, his message, that message was actually a very disturbing message to, to religious people because the message of religion is always, you know, you change, and once you change, then you are allowed to join us. You know, you change... And then you can join. You change, and then you can actually be accepted. That's the message always of religion, and that was actually the message of the Pharisees. In fact, that's why, that's why the Pharisees, they were always so shocked to actually see Jesus associating with and being with and, and spending time with the, the people that they thought were the sinners and the tax collectors. And see, yet Jesus' message, his message was consistently the exact opposite. It was, it, it was follow me. Jesus would say, I, I want you to, to follow me because you, you've already been invited. You've already been accepted. So I, I want you to follow me, Jesus would say. And as you are following me, you, you will change. In fact, over time, you may not even recognize the, the, the man or the woman that, that you've become. You may look in the mirror one morning and, and say to yourself, I don't even recognize that person. Who, who is that guy? Who is that, that woman? And, and, and we will change, Jesus says, not because of discipline, not because we decided to change, but we will change because whenever people are in a relationship with Jesus, whenever they are connected to Jesus, whenever they are, are close to Jesus, they begin to change. In fact, right now in this room, there's a whole group of people that if I were to ask you to come up here and I, I could ask you to just you know, stand up here for a moment and tell your story uh, of change, what, what we would not hear is a story of, of, you know, I decided to change and so I got up one day and I just decided to change myself. I mean, that is not, that is not the story that we would hear from people. Instead, what we would hear is that change is a process. That, that change is gradual, and that change is the result is of actually being in a relationship with my Savior, that change is actually a, a result of the acceptance and the kindness and, and the love that, that I have received from my Savior and from my Heavenly Father, and which I have actually experienced through a, a group of people, just as we talked about last week, being in a place where they felt as if they were accepted, being in a place where they knew that they were valued and, and wanted by people, but especially, especially by their Heavenly Father. In fact, it's the Apostle Paul himself who reminds us of this in, second, or in Romans chapter 2. He says, it is God's kindness which is actually intended to, to lead you, to lead us to repentance. And, and so the bottom line is this. This is what we're talking about over the, the course of this series is, you know, how does this happen? For us as a church, I mean, how do we actually get to, to see this? How do we get to experience this and actually be a, a part of this? I mean, as a congregation, we have a vision, right, to, to bring Christ to people and to build Christ followers. And, and we have a mission to extend the, the love and the care of the crucified and risen Christ to all people. And so how? How, how do we actually get to experience and be a part of what it is that God wants to do in us and through us in this community, in the lives of our own friends and family, in the lives of people that we know and care about, but also all throughout our, our world? That's what we're talking about in this series called You're Invited. And that's where these three ideas, these three words of belong and believe and become, that's what they help us to understand and, and to see in this process. Now, 
Today we're going to focus in uh, on this one word specifically, believe. And as we do that, it's really important for us to, to understand this right up front. See, see I, I can't make someone believe something, can I? I mean, you can't. You, you cannot make someone believe something, can you? In fact, one of the most maddening experiences that you can ever have is when someone decides that it's going to be their job to make you believe something. I mean, that is incredibly frustrating. And see, the truth is, I can't and we can't. We can't manufacture faith somehow. That's God's job. That's, that's the Holy Spirit's job. It's the Holy Spirit's job to, to actually give and to create faith. But, but what we can do, we can actually create environments where it's actually easier for people to hear from God. We can actually create environments, we can create places where people can actually hear God's Word. And that begins with this whole idea of welcoming, of belonging, of letting people know that they are actually valued and that they are wanted by their Heavenly Father. Because every single one of us, all of us, I mean, we just naturally gravitate to those people and those places where we feel loved, those places where we actually feel accepted, those places that we actually feel that we are wanted, where we feel that we belong. Now today, again, we're going to talk about the, this next part in this process, and we're going to talk about this word and this idea, this big idea of, of believe. And in order to do that, I want us to look at, at a story and an event that happens in the life of Jesus, probably a familiar event to many of us. Take out your Bibles, open them up to the book of Matthew chapter 4. Now, whenever I ask you to open up to one of the Gospels, you always hear me say that, that we actually have four different accounts of the life of Jesus. And, and I realize that I probably sound like a broken record saying that same thing to you over and over and over again. But the reason I do that is because I want you to realize that not only do we have more information about Jesus than any other person in the ancient world, which we do, but also a number of these events that we look at, especially of Jesus' life, uh, uh, many of them that we read about in God's Word, they're actually recorded for us by, by multiple individuals, by, by different people at different points in their life and from different perspectives. And so we actually get to experience a variety of these events through multiple eyes, through multiple sets of eyes and multiple experiences. And we're going we're gonna to kind of see that play out together today. Now Matthew chapter 4 beginning in verse 18, it says this. It says, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother Andrew, for they were casting their net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets, and they follow it. And so this picture that we get is a little bit odd, right? I mean, there's these guys, they're actually working. I mean, they're, they're doing their job. Jesus walks up to them. He tells them to stop working, and they all just walk off, right? Verse 21, going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They, they were in a boat with their father, Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. End of story, right? Now, I don't know about you, but whenever I heard this story as I, as I was uh, reading the Bible for myself for the first time and, and listening to Jesus' words, I always, that always struck me as a little bit strange, a little bit odd. It's kind of like, you know, hey, Dad, thanks for the business, for do all that you did, right, to create this family business, but 
but me and, and my brother, we're, the guy with the sandals, we're going with him. So it's been great, Dad, but, you know, see you later and, and good luck to you, I guess. And that always just seemed kind of odd to me. It, it was almost as if, you know, you, you can't drop everything and everyone right now. Like, wh- what does that mean? In many ways, you know, you can be left looking at that story, and the tension here is that, you know, you say to yourself, well, I don't know if I could do that. I don't, I don't know if I, I, I believe like that. I mean, does that mean that Jesus, does that mean that he doesn't want me? Is that, is that what I'm supposed to get out of this? And if you've ever wrestled with that tension before, if you've ever read this story and come away with that feeling before, See, the good news is is that while Matthew actually records for us what it is that happened on that day, he doesn't tell us all that happened on that day. Because Matthew was a a Jewish person. Matthew was writing his letter to other Jewish people. He was writing his letter to people who already knew about God. People who knew what it meant to, to have faith in God. People who understood what it meant to actually follow God. And so Matthew, what he does for us is he records the, the highlights of the event. But then a few years later comes a, a, along a guy by the name of Luke, and, and Luke is, is writing his letter to a whole different group of people. Luke is writing his letter to, to people who didn't necessarily grow up knowing about Jesus, people who were Gentiles, people like Teresa, maybe people like you. And, and while Luke tells us uh, about what happened, he also gives to us a much fuller picture of the events that actually took place on that day. In fact, Luke actually tells us at the very beginning of his gospel, he says this. He says that many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us. Therefore, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you. And so Luke says, listen, I I went and I found all the people I could that actually heard Jesus speak, that they heard Jesus with their own ears. I saw, found all the people I could find that actually saw Jesus perform miracles. I talked to all of them. I wrote it all down, and and it's right here for for you to read. You You can actually read this for yourself. See, Luke was a doctor. Luke was an educated man. Luke was a man who wanted to understand things. He was the kind of person who looked before he left. And so Luke puts it all together for us, and he gives to us a a, a fuller picture of the events that took place on that day that we just read about with Matthew. Luke chapter 5, beginning in verse 1, he tells us this. He says, One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, which was the name for the Sea of Galilee that people who were not Jewish, that's the name that they called that same body of water by, so this this is the same thing happening at the same place. Jesus was there with the people, and they were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. And so right away we find out something that's actually very important for us to understand. Jesus is preaching in this situation. Now that's important for us to know because because a relationship with Jesus that always begins with information. A relationship with Jesus is actually uh, begins by us hearing the word of God. Because believing is always built on truth. Faith is built on truth. It is built on teaching. It's built on understanding. It's actually built on on listening. I mean, real faith is in no way blind. Anyone who says to you that you simply have to believe 
and not ask any questions, right? You're following the wrong person. Jesus never said any of that. Real faith is actually built around teaching. In fact, the way that Jesus built other people's faith, it was, the way he introduced the whole idea of a heavenly father was around teaching and information and listening and, and, and learning. And so Jesus is there, he's on the shore, he's speaking to these people, the crowd is growing and they're pushing in closer and closer to Jesus so they can actually hear what he's saying. And then in verse 2, Jesus saw at the water's edge that there were two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. Now, this requires a little explanation. As we'll find out in, uh, in just a moment, these guys had been fishing at night, and now they were done. And so what they did is they took their nets, they put them on these posts, stretched them out, and, and they would clean them and dry them and roll them up and then take them home so they were ready to go for the very next day. And so these guys are there, and they're working, right? They're getting their nets cleaned and dried, and, and, and Jesus sees that their, their fishing boats are close by. So verse 3, he gets into one of the boats, the one belonging to, to Simon, that's Peter, and he asks Peter to put out a little from the shore. And then he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. And so Jesus actually says something to Peter and he says, hey Peter, can I, can I bug you for a minute? Not, not Peter, give me your boat, right? Not even Peter, let me borrow your boat for a while. But Peter, can I bother, if you, bother you for just, just a minute? And see, we don't know if, if Peter just you know, tied a rope to the boat and pushed it off, or if Jesus actually got into the boat with Peter. But either way, Peter's there, and he's working, and he's listening, and Jesus is teaching, and he's listening to Jesus as he preaches, which is, again, important for us to realize and to see, because believing... Believing always begins by actually us hearing, people hearing God's word. Believing begins with listening. Believing is built around content. It's built around information. It's built around getting your questions asked and answered. And so Peter and Andrew and James and John, they're all there listening as Jesus is teaching the people. Verse 4, when Jesus had finished speaking, he said to Peter, he said to Simon, now, in this moment, Jesus could have said anything he wanted to to Simon. He, he could have said to Simon, hey, did you, did you, what did you think about what I just told you? Do you agree with me? Because if you do, then I want you to just drop everything and just come with me. But see, that's actually, that is not what Jesus says, is it? Instead, what he says to him, when Jesus had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Now, again, this is very, very interesting if you stop and you think about this for a moment. Peter is a fisherman. And this is something that Peter had done countless times before, no, no doubt. But, but Jesus is asking Peter to do something now in this moment that while it's familiar to Peter... It's a little bit different than what Peter would normally do. It's different than what Peter was used to doing. And we have no idea what's going through Peter's mind at this point. He could have been thinking to himself, you know, Jesus, do you, do you really understand what you're asking me to do? I mean, I just got done cleaning my nets. I mean, that is not an easy process. Jesus, I just got done doing the thing that you do when you're, you're done doing the thing you're asking me to do all over again. I and mean, Jesus, it doesn't make any sense. Why, why would I do that? 
And see, Peter, even though he doesn't understand, he wants to be respectful of Jesus. He knows that Jesus is a teacher, but he's just a teacher. I mean, as far as Peter is concerned right now in this moment, that's all that he thinks of Jesus as. He's just a teacher. And there's a whole bunch of teachers. Because listen to how Peter responds in verse 5. Simon answered, Master. In other words, not Lord. Not God. More like Sir. Master, he replies. We've worked hard all night fishing, and we haven't caught anything. Now, again, we need a little content to, uh, context to understand this because where they're fishing at is not a lake like we would think of here, but it's instead it's a sea. So the water is very, very, very deep. And the only way that you can actually get to the fish where the fish are at is at nighttime because the fish come to the surface at night. During the day, they, they go deep. And so the only way that you could ever possibly reach the fish with a net is at nighttime. And so these guys, they've been fishing when you're supposed to fish. They have fished all night long. They haven't caught anything. And now they're actually prepared to go home empty-handed. But Jesus says to Peter, Peter, I want you to do something. I want you to go fishing when you and I both know you are not supposed to go fishing. Peter, I want you to do something in this moment that I know you, it feels like you know all that there is that you need to know about this, but I'm asking you, Peter, to do something maybe a little bit differently than what you're used to. And again, we have no idea what's going through Peter's mind in this moment. I mean, he could have been thinking to himself, you know, clearly you are a carpenter and you have no idea what it means to actually be a fisherman. I'm a fisherman, you are a carpenter. You stick to building things, I'll stick to fishing for things. He could have been thinking that. He, he could have been thinking, you know, Jesus, when all these people that you've attracted, this crowd, when they see me fishing in the middle of the day, they're going to think I'm a fool, Jesus. I mean, everybody knows you don't go fishing during the day. And so Jesus, when all these people, they see me doing that, they're going to think I'm crazy. So we don't know what it is that Peter's thinking right now. But we know what was at stake. See, what was at stake was whether or not Peter thought that he could actually believe Jesus. And that's what makes Peter's response in, in this next section so, so interesting. Verse 5, Simon answered, Master, we have worked hard all night and haven't caught anything but because you say so. Not because I think this is going to work out. Not because I think this is actually the smart thing to do, Jesus. Not because I think, certainly not because I think we're going to actually catch any fish. Not because, of Jesus, I think this is going to be good for my reputation in any way. But, Jesus, because, because you asked, asked me to do so, I will let down the nets. Now, if we just kind of pause here for a moment. You know, the only reason that any of us today, the only reason we even have a clue who Peter is, is because in this moment, in this event in history, Jesus actually spoke to Peter 
And Peter believed, he actually heard what it was that Jesus was saying to him. I'm going to actually trust Jesus with this. I'm going to trust Jesus with this opportunity. Even though it's something I feel I I know all there is I need to know about, I'm going to actually believe because it's Jesus who is speaking to me. I'm going to actually trust Jesus with this. And I don't fully understand it, but I'm going to do what he's saying. Now, for some of you that are here today, this is exactly the situation in in life. This is the circumstance that that you yourself are in 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 this moment, isn't it? I mean, you feel, in your life, you feel God nudging you and kind of poking at you a little bit. And and you have no idea, much like Peter in this moment, you have no idea what's actually on the other side of that, do you? And for us right now, you know, we read this story and this can seem a little bit silly because we know how this turns out. We know what happens next. But see, for Peter in in, in this moment, from his perspective, he's wrestling with all the very same things that every single one of us that we wrestle with every day in our lives when when we find ourselves in this situation. How is this going to make me look? What are other people going to think about me when they see me doing this? I mean, I don't need any help with this. Come on. I've done this a thousand times before. I know how this is supposed to work. I know how you're supposed to do this. This is silly. I I don't have time. I don't have time for any of this. Verse 6. When they had done so, not when they considered so, not when they thought so, not even when they had prayed so, When they had done so, because they believed, and that belief, that that led to action, they actually acted on that belief. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. And so they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Now, how do you think Peter actually responds to Jesus in this moment? I mean, the natural thing to do would be to get so focused on all the fish that have suddenly shown up, right? But when we look at Peter's response, we find that that's not what's going on. It is no longer about fish and fishing in this moment. And that's what makes Peter says next so so interesting. Peter responds, verse 8, When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at his knees and he said, Go away from me, Lord, not master this time. But Lord, go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. See, it's in this moment that that Peter recognizes for the very first time. Peter actually recognizes something about Jesus. And he recognizes something about himself. And it's in this moment, this is the very beginning of Peter's relationship with Jesus. And he sees something. He understands something that he did not understand before. He realized something about Jesus, that Jesus is his Lord and Savior. And he understood something about himself. I am a sinner. I am a sinful person and I need a Savior. And it's in this moment that Peter understands that. He sees himself and he sees Jesus 
for who they really are. Verse 9. He and all of his companions, they were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. And then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. Because at this point, he's absolutely terrified because of what's happened. From now on, Jesus says, you will catch men. In other words, Jesus says to him, listen, Peter. It's not that I want something from you. See, it's that I want something for you. So verse 11, so they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and they followed him. Now, like I said earlier, one of the things that I love about this story in particular, as familiar as it is to so many of us, is that each and every one of us, I think, not only do we see ourselves, we can easily find ourselves somewhere in the context of the story, maybe in a bunch of different parts of the story, but we also, we also can see those people that we love and that we care about, those people that, that maybe we know that, that, that do not know Jesus the same way that, that we know Jesus. And if you listen to this story and you kind of see yourself at the beginning of the story, then, then, then what you need to know, the only thing that you need to do is actually continue to sit and listen. Just, just sit and listen. Just listen to God's Word. Because a relationship with Jesus, it always begins with information. It always begins by actually hearing the Word of God. And so the only thing that you need to do is just to continue to come back, come back next week, and just listen. Listen to God's Word. For others of you, you, you kind of see yourself at the, uh, the, the loaning of the boat stage, right? And this is where maybe things begin to get a little inconvenient for you. Because you've been here for a while. You've listened. You, you've sat for a while. You, you've heard a lot. But now you actually have questions. And so you have to get those questions answered. You need to maybe begin reading the Bible on your own. So you're not only hearing God's Word when you come here, but you're actually hearing God's Word in your own life during the course of the week. So that means you need to either find your Bible or get a Bible or download a Bible, and you need to just begin reading God's Word. Because again, a relationship, believing in Jesus, actually believing in Him, that always begins by hearing God's Word. For others of you, you're reading it, now you actually need to start interacting with other people about what it is that you're hearing. You need to get some of those questions answered. You need to talk to other people. You need to, to actually join a Bible study, maybe here at Faith, or, or maybe get involved in, in a small group someplace. And you need to actually interact with other people and talk to other people about what it is that you're reading and hearing in God's Word. For, for others of you, for others of you, you're kind of at this, you see yourself at the whole, you know, take him fishing stage, right? And this is where life oftentimes gets a little bit scary. Maybe it gets exciting at the same time. Because your Heavenly Father is asking you to do something, and he is leading you to do something. You, you can hear Jesus saying to you, take me fishing. And he's asking you to do something differently than, than perhaps you've ever considered doing differently in your life before. I mean, and, and, and more than likely, I'll tell you this, it has something to do with either your relationships or your career or your finances. Something to do with your, your relationships, something professionally, something relationally, or something financially. And, and Jesus is asking you to take him fishing. 
and, and you don't know what this is, but you've been listening for a while, and you've gotten some questions answered. And the way that you know this is what's happening is because every time now when you pray, every time when you read God's Word, your conscience is kind of tuned into this one particular thing, and it never bothered you before. You never even thought about it before. Never even considered doing anything different before. But now it's all you can think about, isn't it? It's like all of your attention is focused in on this one thing. And, and you don't fully understand why. And, and you're not exactly sure what it is that, that this means. But, but you've never considered doing it differently before. And now you're actually considering it. And every time you pray, it's this feeling of, like, I, I really should, or I should, should not, or I should start, or I should stop, or I should change. And you can't get that out of your mind, can you? And you have no idea what, what kind of hangs in the balance of all that. I mean, you don't know what or why. You don't fully understand all of it, but, but you know, you know that there's actually something to this. And Jesus is saying the very same thing to you that he said to Peter. He's saying, believe me. Trust me. And I don't know what it is that Jesus is actually leading you to. I'll tell you this, though. Whatever it is, when you get on the other side of it, what you're going to find out is that it's really not about the money. It's really not about the relationship. It's really not about any of those things that, that, that you're so worried about in, in this moment. It's really not about any of those things. What you'll realize is that, that it was actually Jesus who was banging on your heart. What you'll realize is that it was Jesus who was actually speaking to you personally. You'll actually realize that Jesus loves you individually. And life will never look the same to you. Now, for others of you, it's this whole last one, right? It's this whole idea of leaving the nets, that whole thing. Because the truth is, for many of us, we've, we've had a bunch of those things happen in life, haven't we? It was like we, we had the situation, we've listened, we've heard Jesus, and then we kind of step back and we think to ourselves, oh my goodness, I can't believe that actually turned out that way. I, ne I never expected that. And then a little while later, the very same thing happens, and it happens in a completely different area of our life. And, and we're just kind of amazed. We're, we're in awe of what it is that Jesus actually did. And, and see, for some of us, see, the truth is we've seen enough, we, we know enough, we, we've experienced enough, and, and, and we know, we know that Jesus is saying to us, we hear Jesus saying, and we want to surrender. We hear Jesus speaking to us, and we want to say to Jesus, you know what, Jesus? My whole life. My whole life, Jesus. And we have no idea what he has in our future, do we? We don't understand, and we don't know what he's going to do. But Jesus, I believe you are who you say you are. Jesus, I actually believe that you love me the way that you say that you love me. And Jesus, as crazy as this sounds, I actually think, Jesus, that you could do a better job with my life than I could do with my life. And so, Jesus, my whole life is yours. My relationships, my career, 
my finances. Jesus, I, I, I want your will. But more importantly, Jesus, I actually want you. Jesus, I want you in every single area of my life. And see, when that happens, as terrifying as that is, what we realize is the exact same thing that Peter actually realized, which is that Jesus does not want something from you. He wants something for you. He has a gift for you. He has something that he actually wants to give to you. He wants to give to you the gift of life. He wants to give to you the gift of faith. He wants you to believe. Next week, we are going to continue and we're going to talk about this idea of become. Let let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, for all of us, Father, for all of us, I, I thank you for sending your Son. Father, for giving your Son, Jesus, to each one of us, the gift that he is in our lives, the, the gift that you've given to us of faith, the gift that only comes from the Holy Spirit. None of us, Father, can hear you speaking to us. None of us can believe without your Spirit giving to us faith and creating faith in our hearts. And Father, the funny thing about that is, is that you actually know our hearts. You know where our faith is weak, right? You know where our faith is fragile. You know where our faith is non-existent. And so, Father, I ask that, that you do what only you can do, that, that you give to us the faith that we need to continue to believe, to hear Jesus speaking to us, to hear him calling to us, reminding us who we are and who he is and what it is that he's done for each of us. Father, the amazing thing about you and about your love for us is that you do actually know us. You you know who we are. You see us plain as day. You know that we are sinners. And yet even knowing that, you still sent Jesus here to die for each and every one of us to pay the price for our sin. And so in these next few moments, we simply ask that you'd hear us as we personally and silently, as we confess our sin to you. Heavenly Father, the amazing truth of the gospel, it really is the fact that while we, while we were still sinners, it's in that moment that you sent your, heavenly, your son, Jesus, into our lives as our Heavenly Father. You sent Jesus to actually die for each one of us so that we would not perish but have eternal life. And so each and every one of us, we are truly forgiven. In Jesus' name, amen.